0: This is Doug Hastings, Vice President of Moody Radio, and we're thankful for support from our listeners and businesses like United Faith Mortgage. My grandma loves
1: iced tea, it's her thing. So I go to hang with grandma for a bit, and I see she's holding her big plastic cup with her tea, but the cup is literally sitting inside one of grandpa's sports socks. And I'm not making this up. No one could make this up. Uh, grandma, you okay? Of course, dear. The sock soaks up the sweat and keeps the tea colder. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And as I thought about it later, I thought, that's the kind of mortgage team I want us to be. The kind that's willing to take any step needed to get the job done on your new home purchase, refinance, or cash out refinance. And can we help everyone? No, obviously we can't. But if you know we're willing to use Grandpa's Sock to keep a drink cold, you'll know we're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure you're taken care of. We are United Faith Mortgage.
3: John D. Rockefeller, founder of the Standard Oil Company and one of the wealthiest men in history, still believed in spending wisely. In fact, he once said, I believe that thrift is essential to well-ordered living. That's right. There are always more ways to spend money than there are to save money. So uh, no matter how much you have, it's important to spend wisely today, Kingdom Advisors President Rob West shares some of his ideas about that, and it's your calls on anything at 800-525-7000, 800-525-7000. I'm Steve Moore. More ways to save money next on MoneyWise Live. So, Rob, I'm guessing you didn't know old John D. He died in 1937, nope. <laughs> but in today's dollars, he'd be worth something like $420 billion. Wow. Uh So it's a little hard to imagine him uh, looking for bargains at the discount store, huh?
4: Uh, Perhaps, but he also, Steve, understood that using money wisely was a virtue in itself uh, beyond just the financial benefit. Uh, Perhaps he'd even read Proverbs 10.5. It reads, he who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Yeah, maybe so. All right, so uh, let's
3: talk about some ways to hang on to the money that we've gathered. Uh, Mm -hmm. What do you have for us?
4: Yeah, let's start with taking a hard look at your gym membership. It may be costing you as much as $50 a month or more. Consider canceling it and working out from home. Uh, You know, there's more and more exercise videos on YouTube that you can access for free. Uh, Also, there are some great free workout apps you can try. Uh, Nike Training Club is one, another called Ladder. One called Free uh, Freeletics and Map My Run. Uh, we'll put links to those uh, in today's show notes. Yeah, or you could buy a bicycle and go for a
3: ride. It's a yeah. great low impact way to exercise and get some fresh air. Uh,
4: maybe better slightly anyway than a smelly gym. I can't argue with that one. All right, next, uh, shop smart for major appliances. If you have to replace a refrigerator, furnace, or clothes dryer, uh, don't just look at the sale price. What seems like a great deal could end up costing you more in the long run. Uh, So take your time. Read some customer reviews. Make your choice not just on price but also on reliability and energy efficiency. You can compare the ENERGY STAR rating on any major appliance before you buy a unit that lasts longer and – Uh, uses less electricity will Mm -hmm. save you a lot of money over time even if it's more uh, expensive in the uh, beginning yeah great information okay what's next Well, price is still important. So once you've found a quality item that you want to purchase, you need to do some comparison shopping. Fortunately, that's much easier these days with the Internet. Uh, Check out sites like ClarkDeals.com and Google Shopping to find the lowest prices available online. Again, look for links To everything we mention in our show notes today at MoneyWiseLive.org. And if you're buying something in a brick-and-mortar store, Steve, uh, make sure to check for lower prices at one or more competing stores. It's usually well worth your time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And did you know that some appliances and products go on sale at specific times of the year? I'm thinking in particular Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day. Uh, Some things like that can be really effective. And knowing when that happens really could save you a bundle. Yeah, but how do you know when something like that's going on sale? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, Amazon actually has a price tracking feature to help with that. Uh, don't ask me why, but it's called Camel, Camel, Camel. <laughs> when you <laughs> sign up, they'll send you alerts when the price of an item drops.
3: Well, of course, a camel has humps, and, uh, well, no, I have no idea why no, it's called no, Camel, right? Camel. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, just reaching
4: for, for it. They're hoping something would close. come to mind. Yeah, no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) Okay. What else do you have, sir? Well, next is a way to save 100% on something. Instead of buying an item that you need for a one-time project or event, consider borrowing it instead. The odds are someone at your church or uh, in your neighborhood already has that extra long ladder you need or maybe folding chairs for a party. Uh, Don't be afraid to ask. Of course, that's a two-way street. Offer to reciprocate if the lender ever needs anything from you. And most important, always return a borrowed item in the condition you got it that's right okay good uh time for one more maybe yeah you know we talk about this one a lot but it's so important that it bears repeating whenever the topic of saving comes up and that's to use cash whenever possible imagine saving 10 to 30 percent when you walk in a store well that's what studies say you'll save by using cash it's the psychological factor of using real money makes you want to spend less seems too simple to be true steve but it really works there you go Your call's next on anything financial,
3: 800 525 7000. He's Rob West. I'm Steve Moore. You're listening to MoneyWise Live. Welcome back to MoneyWise Live, timeless wisdom, God's timeless wisdom, meeting today's financial choices and decisions. And if we can help you with a choice or a decision or Uh, where to find the dipstick for the oil in your car it's not always the same in every situation Uh, can you tell i've been helping my daughter uh, recently (laughs) 800-525-7000 800-525-7000 and there's another one rob you know if you don't check your oil regularly uh, meaning minimum once a month that could cost you a lot of money in the in the long run so uh, checking your oil on a regular basis and the air in your tires will save you some dollars and some Uh angst
4: as they say yeah now checking it so you can't just rely on the gauge no Uh, you actually want to check the dipstick and actually see where it measures
3: and interestingly some of the German cars like BMWs these days don't have a dipstick. they have a little meter on the dash but that's new fangled stuff. And I'm kind of an old fangled guy. So I yeah, look for
4: I the know. dipstick. Okay. If you don't All right. want to. And if they don't have one, you're going to be looking for a long
3: time. Well, I was, as a matter of fact, <laughs> 800-525-7000. Give us a call today. Let's chat. Ed in Indianapolis. How can we help you? My friend.
2: Hi, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hi. Um, in regards to credit scores, Is it better to pay off a credit card or to carry a small balance and make payments on it?
4: Yeah. You know, it really doesn't matter either way, Ed, for the most part, uh, because here's the reality. You know, when you dive into the algorithm, the formula that determines your score, uh, what's key is that you have, uh, you know, a good payment history. That's going to make up 35%, the largest percentage of your score. So the fact that you're an on-time payer every month is really critical. Uh, in terms of the amount of debt you have, the credit usage, uh, that's key because, uh, you know, when you get that threshold uh, of util- what they call utilization above 30 percent, both on an individual account, so a, a card that has a $10,000 limit, if you owe more than $3,000, you are above 30 percent utilization. That's going to start to pull you down, and in the aggregate, the total of all your credit Uh, accounts um, revolving, uh, looking at the total of the limits for all of them, plus the total of all your balances, if that's above 30, that's going to start to pull you down. But what you described in terms of carrying a small balance uh, balance month to month versus paying it off in full, in either case, you're well below that 30% utilization, and there's no reason to be paying the interest even on a small balance uh, because it's just not going to help you. So the key is to have a good credit history over a long period of time, pay your bills on time, uh, keep your credit card balances at or near zero. I would always advocate for zero. And uh, you'll be doing what you need to do to make sure that you have the very best credit score you can. Did you follow that, though?
2: Oh, yes. Yes. Very informative.
4: Good. All right. well,
3: hey, we appreciate your call. Yes, sir. Thanks very much. 800-525-7000. If you have a question, excuse me, and you'd like to talk with Rob West today, this is a great time to call. We have a number of open lines at 800-525-7000. Out to Spokane, Washington. Leo, you're thinking of buying
1: something, huh? Yes, I've got my first grandson coming, and we want to bless him with with some kind of... uh, gifts that will pay off later like a 529 for college or a trust or a stock account where when he's 18 or 21 he could he could open it Uh, and what are your thoughts for the best way to go here
4: Yeah, Leo, first, congratulations on that first grandchild. What an exciting season of life. Uh, You know, I think the first step is for you to bring just a bit more definition to what it is you, in fact, want to be able to give him. Because, you know, if you are willing to say, you know what, we want to make this gift a gift that's going to go toward his education, so we're specifically going to save toward college— I would lead you in a different direction than if you said, we want to be able to have funds just available to bless him with and give him the choice on how to use it, whether it's college or, you know, something else. Um, Do you feel like you have a a good feeling on between you and your wife what the answer to that question is?
1: Yes. Uh, we, We think we just want money available at, you know, 18 if he goes to college, 21 if
4: not. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Well, and that's important to think through because, you know, inside that uh, college savings and I would recommend the five twenty nine, you're going to get better growth because you're not going to have the drag of the taxes but it does need to be used for qualified educational expenses. With some exceptions, you could transfer it to another grandchild if you didn't need it. You could take it out on a pro rata basis for scholarships and grants. But if you want real discretion over how to use it, you don't want to be penalized in any way if it's used for something other than college, then you do, in fact, want to save outside of it. Then the next question is, what type of account, Leo? And a lot of folks will use what's called a custodial account. Um, it's In other cases, it's called a uniform transfer a minor act account or uniform gift, a minor act account. The challenge with that is I don't recommend them because, you know, if you get to that season of life and, you know, this young man who's now 18 years old, reaches the age of majority in his state, uh, that becomes his asset. And if he's making poor lifestyle choices, he's not ready to handle that kind of money. It's all of a sudden his and he could use it to buy a sports car if he wanted to. So I'd rather you keep it in an account in your name or jointly held with your wife, but separate from your other investments. So you know that it's for him and then you have more discretion or control over how that's handled. You mentioned a trust and, you know, that would be something if you had a trust where you could title it in the name of the trust and then you could designate that it'd be paid out under certain conditions. But if it's just for that account, that might be overkill. But I think that's an important consideration to make. And then if you do that, uh, let's say you keep it in in your name, a joint held account, um, then, you know, you would just want to invest it in some good, high quality, I think probably index funds uh, or mutual funds that that follow the broad indexes. So you're just capturing the big moves of the market rather than trying to pick the winners and losers on individual stocks. And if because of the amount, you know, given that you're just starting out, I'd probably use one of the robo-advisors like, uh, you know, Schwab Intelligent Portfolios or uh, Vanguard has a similar product or Betterment, which is one of the newer fintech companies that does the same thing. But I threw a lot at you there. Do you have any uh, questions on that?
1: I do. Yeah, you know, going out 18, 20 years for them, would we want to do a mix of uh, index funds in the U.S. as well as maybe Europe?
4: You would, yeah, and not specifically Europe. You'd want to have a good international component to it. The good thing is with both the Schwab Intelligent Portfolios and the uh, Embetterment, there would be a mix of not only domestic indexes, but they'd also have some international exposures, probably some in the emerging markets. There'd be a mix of large cap and small cap. That's the size of the company, growth and value, and a very small allocation to bonds. So we're talking about a really well diversified mix of investments. And that's really one of the main benefits to those types of investments when you're just starting out is with a very small amount of money you're going to get a real good mix of, uh, of stocks and bonds across the board
3: mm. hey Leo thank you very much for calling today you sound like a generous grandpa and we hope you have a Dickens of a good time with your first grandchild thank you very much I know I love and had lots of fun with my grandchildren I only have three actually I have two one on the way and I don't know what Dickens means. Enjoy the Dickens. I uh, we'll look that up during the break. Uh, he's Rob West. I'm Steve Moore with my Thesaurus and my dictionary. We'll be right back after this. Good to have you aboard today. It's Money Wise Live. Whatever. Things might be going on in your life that you'd like to talk about. I don't know what that would be. Maybe buying a car, going to college, paying off your college loans, saving, giving, generosity. Uh, More than likely, the Bible has something to say about it, which means Rob has something to say about it. So give us a call right now. Open lines at 800-525-7000. Rob, we began today's program talking about saving money. Uh, Greg is with us now from Missouri, and uh, you... you, uh, Bought quite a system. Tell us uh, what you bought for your home, Greg, and how well it's working.
0: Yes. Uh, hi, Rob and Steve. Uh, I, yeah, uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, sure. I just want I. I, man, I bought a geothermal system for my home. It was about a twenty five thousand dollar investment, and it was a little bit more than what your normal furnace system would cost. Uh, we probably could have got both because we had upstairs and downstairs. We had two AC units. Uh, heating units and uh, we probably could have got both of them together for eighteen or nineteen thousand. We got a little bit more of a of a federal discount, you know, twenty six percent if we had it in by the end of last year, which we did. And uh and I thought it was a win win and I didn't really research it a lot and I just felt like yeah, it's gotta be a win win. Yeah, I'm paying a little bit more but over the years we'll save money that they they talked to us about and stuff like that. But it just doesn't seem like it heats all the heat coming out of there is only about ninety three, ninety four degrees, and I should have researched it more. And also, another thing, principle of the Bible, I should have listened to my wife a little better. I, I kind of, she's, she kind of didn't want to really go in, do it, and I kept pushing. Yeah, 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 it's a win win. We can't lose, you know. <laughs> and now we're not happy with it. We're really, real happy with it. It doesn't really keep up when it gets really cold out, like yeah. zero five below zero, stuff type stuff. So. I made some mistakes and not researching, not 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 following along with what my wife said and 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 being in agreement with her, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, so I just want people to know, you know, it's something you ought to really look at. It's a big investment, and, yes. And you want to be comfortable, you know, and, and
4: stuff like that. So well, that's right. Well, I appreciate you referencing that, Greg. Couple of thoughts. Number one is, you know, we've all been there, whether it's uh, a husband not taking his wife's counsel, or the opposite. You know, we, uh, the Lord gives us our spouse uh, for a reason <laughs> to complete us, not to frustrate us. And I think we need to always be seeking each other's counsel, especially with a uh, a large purchase. Um, and and so I I certainly appreciate uh, your reflections on that. And, and also, just because we get a discount or a tax break on something, you know, a lot of folks were doing this with cars that they were more expensive than they needed back when. You know, you'd get a tax break either for an electric vehicle or for a larger vehicle years ago when that was being offered. And they found out that the upkeep and the maintenance and so forth was, you know, more than they bargained for. So we just need to be careful and always evaluating these decisions. There's a lot of great, useful information out there where we can read tons of reviews on things before we proceed with a major purchase. And that's always going to serve us well. Uh, You know, Jim Henry, who does research for us, Quickly uh, weighed in on exactly what you're saying here. He said, you know, these geothermal systems really are an upscale heat pump. Um, And in general, they're undesirable because when the weather gets cold, they pump out cold, colder air uh, than a regular heating system. And so you have a tendency to just always feel uh, chilly. Um, And even 90 degree air feels cool on the skin, surprisingly. So uh, yeah, I think uh, lesson learned, right? We've all been there. And uh, now you've shared this wise counsel with the rest of our audience. So everybody can benefit from what you're sharing. Greg, we do
3: appreciate the call. Thank you very much. I uh, guess uh, you know we'll have to follow things like this, uh, geothermal energy, and uh, for for uh, heating our houses, uh, because more than likely they'll get more efficient and better along the way. But uh, that could take a few years before that technology really catches up to the way we live. Uh, Greg, again, thanks for your call, Spokane, Washington. Hi, Julie. How can we help?
5: Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Um, so we're trying to um, my mom is 80 and just starting with dementia and she has everything is paid off and she's already gotten rid of all of her assets um, so what she has is about $400,000 in stocks um, and she takes about $1,300 a month um, to live off plus her social security um, and <clears throat> we're just trying to see if we can. if we can find a safer way where she can still pull money out without having it in the stocks so that she still has enough money to live off of?
4: Yeah, so hundred percent of the four hundred thousand Julie is in a stock portfolio.
5: Correct from what I can find so far, yes.
4: Yeah, and who's managing this money? who's making the decisions?
5: We she is so far and she is with a, with an um, investment company, but i'm okay. I'm really not up yeah. on that at all. So yeah. I just want someone besides yeah. an investment company to kind of maybe put me in the right direction.
4: Yeah, I I think you'd be wise to get a second opinion here, especially as you're, you know, providing more influence and oversight of what's happening here. The good news is that, you know, with a four hundred thousand dollar portfolio, uh, you know, the thirteen hundred a month that she's pulling should be very doable. You know, we would typically use four percent where if it's invested properly, and certainly not 100% in stocks, but with a conservative income-based uh, portfolio, where you'd have uh, the major portion in fixed income type investments, with a smaller portion in stocks that could provide some growth, but not where you're taking the risk of a full 100% uh, you know stock portfolio, you should be able to pull out 4% a year and over the years maintain that $400,000 balance so that it lasts the rest of her life and there's something to give to ministry, charity, or her heirs. Um, the key would be to make sure that she's not taking unnecessary risk in doing that because the last thing you'd want is to have 100% of the stock market. We had a recession a couple of years down the road. Market's down 35%. All of a sudden, you open you know, the balance and it's hundred and thirty hundred forty thousand dollars lower you know after a 30day period and you know certainly nobody wants that just because it's not necessary. So I think uh, it'd be time well spent to get some second opinions. I'd encourage you to connect with two or three Certified Kingdom Advisors there in in Spokane and uh, just have them talk through what type of portfolio they would recommend for somebody in her situation, dementia, living on this uh, this portfolio and it being a critical part of maintaining her expenses. Uh, You can find those CKAs there in your area when you go to MoneyWiseLive.org. Just click Find a CKA. Julie, thanks,
3: uh, thanks very much for your call today. We
4: appreciate that. And
3: we appreciate you listening today. 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise Wise Live. <music> yeah, really nice to have you out there listening today. We appreciate that. Whether you're driving or still at home, maybe you're doing a load of dishes or feeding the dog, whatever it is. We're glad that you have us there on in the background. Eight hundred five two five seven thousand. Rob, were you able to check the uh, uh, the app this weekend? I know that sometimes uh, you you check it out to see you might be. Uh, floating around there. There's a little bit of a, uh, uh, a community, right? A Money Wise Live uh, community.
4: There absolutely is, Steve. If you haven't downloaded the new Money Wise app, I'd encourage you to do that. We just released uh, version 2.0 in the last 30 days, and it's got some great new features. You'll find it in your app store, the Apple app store, the Google Play store. Just search for Money Wise Biblical Finance. Uh, yeah, I jump into the community. In fact, I'll be there tonight after uh, my son's basketball game and looking wow. for your questions. We've had recent questions of folks asking about umbrella insurance. I answered one over the weekend about investments for teens. Uh, we recently dealt with gift card scams. So when you download the app, just click on community. And once you create an account, then you can post your questions. I'll be stopping by to answer uh, many wow. of those tonight. And then uh, our MoneyWise coaches are in and out of there as well. So uh, just download it today and you can jump into the MoneyWise app community. Now, when you allegedly show up
3: there out of the, out mm-hmm. of the ether, out of the fog, Rob right. West shows up. How do people know it's really you? Maybe it's some, some scofflaw uh, representing yeah. you,
4: but it's not. I mean, it could be well, me. Two ways. First is you'll see my name. It'll say Rob West. The other right. is I have a special little Money Wise logo by my name, and not Ooh. everybody can get one of those. In fact, I'm not sure if we've given you yet one of those, Steve, but I'll, I'll get on that. I'd appreciate that. Can yeah, I choose yeah. my own color? For is... uh, Well, I don't know. Let's not take this too far. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
3: there you go. Check it out. Rob might be there tonight. In fact, Rob said he will be there tonight yes. after his son's basketball game. Probably have a hot dog, maybe some fries, head over to the side, but you'll get his <laughs> best advice. Kelowna, Illinois. Hi, Jack. Thanks for holding, my friend. How can we help you?
2: Yeah, I've got a question about... Uh taken some money out. I retired about three years ago, and I've got through, oh, another about six years funded, uh, had some inheritance, which came in nice. Um, I put that, and that's in uh, CDs and a little bit in some CD-type annuities, um, which I'm essentially using as a CD. So, not a big deal there. Um, but what my question was, so f- for money starting about six, seven, maybe eight years out, is I was thinking of the idea, I've got both IRAs and non-qualified uh, mutual funds. But I was thinking out of the non-qualified, take those uh, dividends, uh, yeah the dividend capital gains distribution and Mm -hmm. pulling those out and setting those aside is kind of a way to, I guess, reduce risk. So you're not uh, stuck. If you're in a down market at that time, I was just wondering what your thoughts on that might be.
4: Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Jack.
2: He was thinking about too. So,
4: okay, very good. Uh, Give me a sense. uh, You said you, uh, you are retired. What is your age? Yeah, Uh, 58. Okay. And you're not planning on going back to work. Is that right?
2: Uh, that's right.
4: Okay. And are you living off of I these portfolios? sort
2: Um, essentially I do have a, some pension. Uh, my wife's still working right now. And then I using, I started figuring about 33,000 a year. Um, And then I index that up for inflation every year, so that'll uh, increase. Um, So right now we're at 34 ish, something like that. And that's
4: what you're pulling out to supplement your pension.
2: Isn't that? Yeah, and just kind of spending as needed. If we don't spend that much, that's okay.
4: All right, and what do you have (laughs) Um, all in in those portfolios, roughly? Um,. almost 2 million total. All right. And what percent of that roughly 2 Depending million Jack would you say is is in stocks? Um about a million and a half. Okay. All right. So I guess that would be my you know my main question is, you know, if, if 3 quarters of that uh, 2 million dollars is in cash and you're only pulling out 34,000 a year, um, you know, are you taking unnecessary risk? Because, you know, I mean, you could you could get away with pulling essentially two percent a year. And after, you know, taxes are paid, you're going to have your thirty four thousand. You'll have a little bit more than that. And, you know, you're taking uh, you know, the risk of the market on with three quarters of the portfolio. And, you know, that's been great in this bull market, but, you know, forget what portion is coming, you know, off of the dividends uh, and distributions of the taxable portion. Let's look at the whole thing and say, are we being too aggressive? And if we were to get into, a you know, a, a dep- not a depression, but a recession a couple of years from now, you know, cyclically speaking, not that, you know, I can, I'm saying that's going to happen, but at some point we will, because uh, the markets tend to roll over with the economy. And, you know, let's say the market was down 35%. Uh, is that really where you want to be? And is there a reason to be given how much you've been able to build up over time and how little you need to support your lifestyle? So I would just say, perhaps take a, a broader view of the whole thing, and say, What would it look like for me to get a lot more conservative, so I you know would only have perhaps thirty percent at the risk of the market uh, that could provide the growth component to it, but I'm taking you know a much more conservative posture with the lion's share of this. Uh, give me your thoughts on that,
2: yeah, I've kind of thought about that, and then I get a little nervous about okay, or Question, okay, where do you put it that you can get something more than less than 1%.
4: <laughs> right. And, and obviously, you'd have to, you know, talk to some investment professionals about that. I mean, if we expect inflation to be, you know, headed up, the tips would be an option. You could look at some government securities. You could look at preferred stocks. You could look at a, you know, appropriately diversified bond portfolio. I mean, there, there are options for you to look at, I think, uh, you know, for that portion. But the whole idea would be, why don't we reduce some risk here? There's not a need to take unnecessary risk at this point. I think the other option is always just looking at giving opportunities, especially when you have a well, it's always a good idea to look at giving opportunities, but uh, in particular with those taxable accounts as you're generating profits. Uh, rather than realizing those, I like the idea of making gift to ministry or your church or charity directly out of those portfolios, getting a tax deduction, blessing that ministry, and you know saving a bundle on taxes. So that would be something else I'd be looking at uh, actively now. So I, I just challenge you to, to think about that. And if you, you know, want to consider some other advisors, perhaps do that just to get some other ideas as to what could be done to reduce the overall risk, but still get an appropriate rate of return as you are a steward of, of God's money in a really substantial portfolio. Hmm. We appreciate your call today, Jack. Thank you very, very much for
3: that. When we come back after our break, we'll say hi to Linda. Uh, say hi to Linda in Orlando, Kathy in Indiana, and Jean in Bradenton, Florida. Before we get there, Rob, I'm not sure if you knew this, if it was marked on your calendar or not, but today, sir. Yes. is national mom-and-pop business owners today. Oh. And uh, I'm not sure if there are many mom-and-pop businesses out there today. They were when I was a, a boy, quite frankly, and they were yeah. really cool, but they seem to be kind of disappearing.
4: Well, there's still some great ones, and I would say absolutely be looking to frequent those in your neck of the woods uh, as soon as you can. Exactly. And uh,
3: uh, my, my tip of the hat to Marge's Market that got me through my teenage years. This is Money Wise Live. Don't go. It's a great day on the radio. Good to have you out there. 800-525-7000. But to be honest with you, our lines are full right now. So let's quickly go to Orlando. Hi, Linda. Uh, Thanks for holding. How can we help you?
6: Good afternoon.
3: Yes, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. Sure.
5: I am wondering about Robinhood. I have a couple thousand dollars that I would like to invest, and I'm wondering if that's a good starting point. Uh,
4: you know, it's um, it's gotten a lot of notoriety lately just because it's been in the news uh, initially around it being a really popular platform because of its uh fee-free approach. You know, there's no account minimum, the stock trading costs are at zero, the option trades are at zero, and so, you know, it um, obviously is something that's gotten a lot of attention by millennials. Um, There would be a monthly fee, but generally speaking, the ratings have been good, not great. Um, you know, they've gotten a lot of uh, slack over, you know, what happened with a couple of things in particular. Uh, one was, you know, during the steep market declines in February and early March last year at the beginning of the pandemic, they had extensive outages that affected users' ability to access their platform. As a result, they invested substantially in kind of their back-end system to try to prevent that uh, because there was a a kind of an outcry from folks. And then they got a lot of uh, press at the end of January around restricting access to certain securities that were involved in the Reddit forum known as uh, Wall Street Bets related to GameStop and a few of the others but the uh, the bottom line is um it's it's fine uh you know they they don't offer a whole lot in terms of the there's no uh you know quotes that are streaming in real time they offer very little research, and then um, you know there's some questions as to how the trades get routed uh to generate payment for the order flow, not always the best price so I guess the thing I would ask to you Linda is. What is it you're trying to accomplish? Um, and are you looking to buy individual stocks or mutual funds? Or, um, you know, what type of investment portfolio are you trying to build at this point?
5: I just would like to, I have a seed and I would like to grow, have that grow. And yeah.
6: uh,
5: so that's what I'm trying to do. Find a way to do that. Um, it's not enough to start a business up. So yeah. that's what I was thinking
4: Okay. Wh- how much are we talking roughly, if you don't mind, Cherry? Um, n-
5: maybe
6: to the
4: three thousand. That's not okay. a lot. Yeah, that's okay. Um, and do you have a retirement account, Linda? Separate yeah. from this. Okay. So you're contributing at work, perhaps?
6: Yes. Yeah.
4: Okay, great. And do you have an emergency fund separate from this three thousand you're looking to deploy in, in stocks? Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, And as long as you don't have any, you know, high interest consumer debt, I think this is a good idea. I would tend to recommend, especially as you're just getting started, that you take a, a broader approach to your investment and be really well-diversified as opposed to trying to pick individual stocks. A lot of folks using Robinhood are trying to buy individual stocks and pick winners and losers, and that's just typically a losing proposition. Um, you know, With the reviews that Robinhood has gotten as of late, I'd probably encourage you to go in the direction of that I advised one of the previous callers today, and that is either Schwab Intelligent Portfolios or Betterment. Uh, this is going to be a robo-advisor type approach where you'd answer a long list of questions and then they would build for you a very low cost, very well diversified portfolio of what are called exchange traded funds where you'd have a uh, a broad uh, investment portfolio focused on you know the stock market indexes both domestic and international large and small cap you'd have a probably a small allocation of bonds and that overall portfolio would then mirror the overall growth of the market but you wouldn't get stuck in a position where if one company had a bad quarter or you know became out of favor you know you could lose a lot of money Um, And I think that systematic approach on a low-cost basis would be something that would achieve the objectives I'm hearing you describe. So um, those two that I mentioned get very good reviews uh, by the independent third parties out there. And they are Betterment, which is more of a fintech kind of app-based approach, even though they have a great website. And then the other would be a more traditional uh, investment broker, uh, Charles Schwab, and it's called the Schwab Intelligent portfolio so i'd recommend you check those out before you do anything and fintech rob that's financial Uh, and technology that uh, yeah financial technology a a huge new kind of growing segment of the finance universe based around uh, leveraging technology in uh, both banking investments Mm -hmm. saving money Uh, a lot of it is app-based or web-based Mm, Okay. You thought I was going to say something about it being fish
3: related, but I wouldn't do that because I have have a higher level of of, uh, (laughs) comedic reference. No
4: no orcas involved in this.
3: (laughs) I hope not. Westfield, Indiana. Kathy, how can we help you?
7: Yes, I have a question. Um, We have a 529 account that we started for our boys, and um, we've been blessed. One did very well in school, got uh, a lot of scholarships, and the other one um, is a police officer. He didn't go to college, but we have this account now. Um, There's about $50,000 in it, and um, I don't foresee them using it. uh, They're going on 25, 30 years old. And it's sitting there, so I don't know if it's best to take the penalty to cash it out or what to do with this money.
4: Yeah, and Kathy, it sounds like there's no loans out there, correct?
7: That is correct.
4: Okay, yeah, because one Mm -hmm. of the options under the SECURE Act was allowing families to take... Tax free 529 distributions to play to repay qualified education loans. That's not a factor mm-hmm. here. Yeah, so I, I think right. you've got a couple of options. One is just to take that non qualified withdrawal, which uh, your contributions won't be taxed because they were made with after tax dollars, but any gains made. In the account will be subject to income tax and a 10 percent penalty the only other option to consider other than that non-qualified withdrawal would just be to hang on to it and at some point transfer it to another beneficiary when Lord willing some grandchildren come along someday or if you decided you wanted to go back to school and get uh, some sort of advanced degree perhaps but other than that um, you're gonna you're gonna want to uh, take that nonqualified withdrawal and then redeploy those according to your overall goals and objectives
7: so then uh, my my question is if we did did cash that out would it be better to put that towards our retirement or um, the only other thing that we have is our mortgage payment so is there a better option there
4: so do you feel like Kathy that you're on track with retirement at this point?
7: I think, I, I think so. We have about 10 more years, 10 to 15 years to work. Um, okay. And we're in a, a fairly good place. And like okay. I said, the only thing that we owe is on our mortgage. There's about yeah. 100000 left on that. Okay. So that's the only thing that we have that um, yeah. we're looking at.
4: And you said about 10 years till retirement. On your current schedule yeah. of the mortgage payback, when are you uh, planning, if you just continue doing what you're doing, to have that paid off?
7: um hopefully in about 7 years
4: Okay, great. Yeah, I think the key is to try to get to a place where as you enter retirement or shortly before that you have that mortgage paid off so you keep your lifestyle expenses as low as possible. So I could go either direction. I kind of like the idea if you do feel like you're on track with retirement, you're putting away enough, you've done some planning. And by the way, if you haven't, that would be well worth your time and a a financial planning fee to an investment professional or or a financial planning professional, not to necessarily manage any money, but just do a comprehensive. retirement plan to say, yeah, based on your lifestyle and what you're trying to accomplish, you're in fact right on target. But if you determine that you are, then I'd say going ahead and prepaying that mortgage, accelerating that payoff so that you could recoup that mortgage payment once it's gone and redirect that into additional savings or giving would be a great idea. So you could either just go for it and, and make that lump sum payment to the, uh, the house or wait and do that retirement planning to confirm that you are in fact heading in the right direction based on your overall goal. Kathy, thank you very much for that. We appreciate
3: it. Quickly, let's uh, go to Bradenton, Florida. Hi, Jean. You're our last caller for the day, I think. Uh, how can we help you?
6: Yes. Uh, last year, I sold my home and I did a buy-in in a retirement community. And I had 30,000 left from that and like to know where would be the best thing to put that. I do have a Small IRA of about thirty-five thousand, and half of that is in stocks. And um, so, I'd need to be able to draw from some of the thirty thousand. But where would be the best place to put that?
4: Yeah, when you say, Gene, you'd like to be able to draw from it. Uh, in what time frame do you think you might need to access this? And is this really your emergency reserve? Well, I have
6: about a five thousand emergency reserve.
4: Okay, and what are your expenses every month?
6: Um, I have the monthly fee here, and so I can cover that with my income.
4: Okay, and so what, I yeah, what I'm is sorry. that amount in total? Would you guess on a monthly basis all your expenses?
6: My expenses, I would say, thousand dollars.
4: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd love for you to have it, you know, at least a year's worth of expenses, liquid and available. That means probably a high yield savings account. Um, You know, and if you're comfortable with doing business online, I'd probably look to either Ally Bank or Marcus or Capital One 360, get it linked to your checking account. You'll only earn about a half a percentage point right now, but that'll increase over time. Um, You know, are you looking, though, with what's left over? Let's say that's, you know, 18,000 beyond the 12,000 in emergency savings. Are you looking to take some risk to try to grow that like in the, the stock market or what did you have in mind?
6: Um, I don't think stock market. I'm 79, so I'm yeah. not um, looking okay. to do that. No. Um, in fact, I've been advised to even the half of my 35,000 in stock that maybe yeah. I don't need to do that.
4: I would tend to agree with that. So I think at this point, what you're probably looking for is putting it all in a high-yield savings and then waiting until interest rates begin to move up, and at that point, probably buy some CDs. Six-month, 12-month, 18-month, you could ladder them. I wouldn't do that now, though, because rates are so low. So I'd start with that high-yield savings, keep it safe, and earn a little bit of interest.
3: Thank you, Gene, for that. MoneyWise Live is a partnership between Moody Radio and MoneyWise Media. My thanks to Amy, Aaron, Dan, and Jim for their technical expertise today. Join us again tomorrow.